organized here quickly, guys. But uh, thank you very much for the birthday surprise. Yeah, you guys are so naughty. I thought it was over already. I'm already looking towards 43. Not 42 is like fast. And yeah, I'm so surprised. I've had a great week. I've had lots of singing. I've had lots of love. People sleeping over and visiting and just lots of... Probably need a bit more cake, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hot seat on Wednesday night. Had the whole community group just telling me what they think about me, which was quite hectic. <laughs> the hot seat's still scary. Even after 43 years, it can be quite scary. You don't quite know what... Yeah. Some of you are half, some of you are half my age. Some of you are 21. Who's 21 here? No, no. <laughs> Who's around 21? I know Wellane's 21. She's not here this morning. Wellane's like half my age. I'm her parents' age. That's what I wanted to talk on this morning was. But you do, you do begin to like set trends as the dad. So Mark, can you just stand up quick? So Mark bought himself some new shoes. Check them out. But the thing is, like me, my shoes are also older than his shoes. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I'm too old to get my foot that high. Okay. On the soccer field, I reserve it for a Saturday afternoon on the field. That's about all I can do. But um, I wanted to just mention you guys at home. Uh, so um, we have a home open in Seapoint this morning. Daryl and Beth's lovely home, and their home, group are, their home group are meeting there. So how's it to you guys? And also in uh, Pinelands, Dale and Monica's lovely group are meeting in Pinelands. So that's where those chunks of people are this morning, okay? Um, but I wanted to mention Daryl. We won't see him again. Daryl's going on Friday the 2nd, but we'll see him, but not next weekend. He's going to on an outreach with a whole lot of other men in the church, across the church. It's a, a bike outreach. So Will Murray and a couple of guys that love motorbikes uh, and a couple of guys like Cliffy from Sunningdale and uh, a few others are going to up the coast. So they, they're going to our congregations in Otsu and Mossel Bay. I think Swellendam, I think Herman, I, I think it's also, uh, what's that place? Hartenbos which has grown amazingly out of Mossel Bay. It's another congregation. And they might even end up in Willowmoor, which is a farming community. Did you know that we have a Josh Jen and Willowmoor, a partnering church? So Willowmoor, I've met the, the, the leader, Kali. He's this big ex-rugby player. He's massive. He's massive. He's just muscle. And he said that the farmers get together not as often as we do. So spare thought for them because they have to drive so far from the farms. But their, their congregation is pretty much farmers who drive in, and when they do get together, they have these amazing gatherings. So I don't know if Daryl's going to make it that far, because it also depends on the type of motorbike you've got, the strength of the engine, but some guys will end up in Willowmoor, which is a farming community that partner with us. So please keep Daryl in prayer, that he has the most amazing time. He loves adventure and outreach, and he comes alive in those times, but also that his bike will maintain, because he's had a few challenges, but he's also been blessed, I think, with a bike, just by someone giving him a bike, so it's just crazy, but that his health would also be great by Friday, 
So we're going to pray, Daryl, right now for you, okay? So, Lord, we just want to give you Daryl's health right now. And say, would you sustain him? Would you strengthen him? That he'd be healthy to leave next week, Friday. And uh, that you would look after him and the guys on the road, on those motorbikes. That they'd be a blessing, Lord, wherever they go, wherever they fellowship, wherever they um, get amongst the, the people of the church, where they minister to the leaders and whatever you have for them. Just would you use Daryl, Lord, would you look after each and every one of them. And um, yeah, we really do pray that uh, you'd be with them every step of the way or, or every, um, every inch of road that they cover on those bikes. And so we bless Daryl, we bless that team, and we say, Lord, have your way. Amen. I actually was quite like, wow, I wouldn't mind having a motorbike. I must be getting old. It's like something in me is get a bike and get the jacket. <laughs> I mean, I've never ridden a motorbike, so it's a bit daunting. It's a bit like, it feels like you shouldn't start now. It's either in you or it's not. But it, 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 I was reading Will Maria's like post, and it sounds like the most epic thing to do with Jesus. I'm like, yeah, that, that is like the best Daryl's going to have the best time. Like, this is amazing. Anyway, I think they're gone for about a week, and they're going to see, I don't know how many communities and stuff. But we do pray that also when they're not experiencing lockdown when they go, and also for us. So just wanted to, like, encourage us that no matter what happens when the president speaks tonight, whatever comes our way, uh, we're going to be ready for it. Even if we have to be in homes for a while, I uh, just want to say also that there's a great series being put together by the online guys on the Holy Spirit. So our next series after Babylon, it's going to be all about our friend, the Holy Spirit. So we've got content, we've, but you know, there's the beauty of us being together. Like even today, knowing that we're at about 50, with the children amongst us, visitors amongst us, and some homes, it's just, we're so privileged. Louis sent me some stuff happening in Canada at the moment. There's a, pro, there's a preacher, there's a, an elder in jail away from his kids and family, and I just thought, like, imagine I was in jail for just gathering in a home and saying, like, God's asked me to be hospitable. I can't not be hospitable. I've got people in my home, and then you get locked up for it. And, like, I looked at Canada's protocol, and I thought, this is like a concentration camp. This is like a lock. This is like an abuse of my rights. And I'm like, lucky we're not there. Not lucky. It's a blessing we can be here. So my whole perspective changed as I was preparing yesterday. Louis sent me this news article, and I was like, thank you, Lord, that we can have 10 people in our homes and 50 here. So just one thing. The kiddies are with us today and for the next week or so, probably on the 11th of April. April. <laughs> July. I just want my birthday to come again after April. <laughs> But on the, on the 11th in two weeks' time, I think, Mark, we haven't talked, maybe it'd be good to do a kid's service in your home possibly again, if we can. Just because we, we, um, we can do that, but we can't do kids' facilities here because of our limitations on our venue. So, kiddies, it's good to have you with us. And for the next few weeks, we're just going to be super flexible. Okay. So, what I was keen to share on, um, actually, can I ask Henko to share this passage uh, uh, you can use that mic. I'm going to let Henko read Psalm 103. So you guys can open your Bibles and read through with us. NIV is what I'm using, but the ESV, the New King James Version, also really good. You'll see that, bless the Lord, O my soul, instead of praise the Lord. So you might want to read through a different version as well. It would be quite useful. But let's go through these, I think, 22 verses with Henku. And um, I just pray that you just listen with your heart open to what um, David writes in the psalm. And then we're going to look at it together, okay? 
sorry. Psalm 103. Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far is he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The winds blow over it and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, my soul. Yeah, that's it's an amazing psalm. I mean, the psalms are pretty amazing. But this one caught my attention on the weekend. I'd had Psalm 34, another beautiful psalm written by David, which I had planned to share on a couple months ago, and I still didn't get around to it, and I still haven't got around to it, because now I've got to do Psalm 103. <laughs> psalm, one, psalm 34 is just in the bank <laughs> for a rainy day. But actually, I think it's been useful, because it's spoken to me a lot. So it's, it's worked in my heart. But you know, worship has been so big on, 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 on our heart. And then the last few weeks, and even last Sunday when we got together in the park, it felt like um, it's not just about what we do on a Sunday or when we gather together, how we worship in song, but God's saying this worship is a lifestyle. Worship is a heart response to everything in our life, when how we deal with our money, when we raise our children, what we put our focus on, how we live in the workplace, how we respond to people that are outside of the kingdom. Every single heart attitude is worship and it's do we put our worth and our value on our creator that's worship to him or do we put it onto something else is the question so on june 13 which was i think two weeks ago here that's right is that right or is that in the park <clears throat> no it's two weeks ago i was here and i felt a few things which i just jotted down and one was that there was a jostling in our heart for the throne of our heart. There was a jostling for the throne of our heart. That, that jostling 
was our Lord wanting to sit on the throne of our heart in every area, but it wasn't an easy, for some of us, our hearts were, we were probably finding a jostling going on in that time of praise and worship, which I sensed, and that's real. That's what we all face constantly, because we live in this life, and we have, we have, we're maturing, and we're growing up in the Lord, but then he said, but I remember I'm a jealous God. I was telling the kids yesterday, because they think they know jealousy is a really bad thing, <clears throat> but then how can our Lord be jealous? No, no, but he's jealous for us in a good way. He doesn't want us to compete with, he doesn't want anything in our lives to compete with him for the throne of, of our heart. He wants all of us. We'll talk about that now, but half doesn't work, you know. It's like it's, what does he say? What does Jesus say about being lukewarm? lukewarm? <clears throat> you know that phrase, lukewarm and loving it. It's for the church. It's for God's chosen people, for his redeemed, for people who have salvation. Because you can't be lukewarm if you're in the world and you don't know him. You're just cold. I was freezing cold in the world. Before I knew him, I was cold. But Jesus is rather be Neil, who didn't know me, cold outside of my salvation. But don't be Neil that's known me and then goes lukewarm. Oh, it's heavy, eh? It's really hectic. Jesus, it's like we were talking about it with Kyle and Shosh on Friday. This thing of as he gives revelation, as he reveals himself to us, as we grow up in him, what happens? We, we then have more responsibility in how we respond to him. We have more responsibility in our worship of the Lord because he's revealed more of himself to us. So if we go lukewarm from that place, he says, I'd rather spit you out if you're lukewarm. Rather, so in other words, rather be cold because you've seen so much of me. You've, you've received my forgiveness. You've received my grace. You can't go... You, you, so the only place we've got to go as people who know him here is where? Into heat, <laughs> into loving him with everything, hot, hot worship for the Lord. It's like everything. We give everything. We burn for him. So that's what I want to just share on, say that he's jealous for our hearts. He wants to, he doesn't want to jostle. He wants to be given the space to be Lord of our hearts. And one, the one way we do that is we worship. When we're tired, we worship. When we're in pain, we worship him. When we don't feel like it. And then you get his attention in the most beautiful way. You guys with me? So worship is beautiful. I, I'd love to do some practical stuff with us next week. Might not even be me, but in the coming weeks of just how the Scripture, how the Bible tells us to worship and how, what actually pleases our Lord. You know, is it when we, yeah, we'll get to the practical. But today I wanted to share heart. And then we're going we're gonna to end in a time of worship with Joel and song with Amy and Matthew, I think Matthew as well. So it's going to be really special. So remember one day the Lord will be all that we have. This is a good time in our lives, in our eternal lives, to learn what He likes. Because one day we'll be with Him and we'll worship Him full time forever and ever. It'll be an eternal lifestyle of worship and we'll be worshiping with the heavenly hosts of creation and we'll see him for who he is. We'll see him fully. The jostling is really for now, but that jostling we need to overcome and we need to uh, allow him to take his place on the throne of our heart. So this is what Psalm 103 is all about. Praise the Lord, my soul, or bless the Lord, O my soul. Different versions, but the first verse, we're just going to stay there. Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. And you know what's beautiful about this whole Psalm, Henku read 22 verses, 
there's not one request from David in this psalm. So it's interesting, when we pray, we have a lot of requests, right? And petitions and cries. And we are needy children, right? That the Lord wants us to be needy. He wants us to come to Him. But David, in this place, did not make a request. He didn't ask Him for anything. Interesting that he just praised the Lord. His entire psalm, his entire prayer was worship to the Lord, was turned to Him and not to David's needs. We are found fascinating. How do you do that? <laughs> what kind of heart do you need to have, David, to just come and bless? He didn't ask for health. He didn't ask for money. He didn't ask for victory. He didn't ask for anything, but his entire gaze and everything he, he wrote was towards God. <laughs> so another interesting thing about this psalm is that uh, famous preacher Charles Spurgeon said this, the Prince of Preachers said this in his lifetime about this particular psalm, is that this psalm, number 103, would be sufficient as the hymn book or the song book of the church if they had nothing else for the rest of their lives. So you don't have a song. There's no Bethel. There's no Hillsong. There's no Anton Joel, Graham Jolly. <laughs> there are no songs. We have nothing but this song, we would be okay as the church, as God's people, to praise Him. So David gave that, God gave that to us through David. It's not a shopping list or a request list, but a praise and song and hymn list. So I want to encourage us as we continue in the flow of worship today and onward, even in these tight winter months, it's going to be a challenging winter and locked like meditate on this psalm and others, but specifically 103, like stay in it for a while with me and with us and, and let, it, uh, let the richness of it like get into you. We probably won't get through all the rich deposits of 22 verses today, but we'll do our, I'll do our best to see, I want to do our best to see what, what the Lord highlights as we go. Okay, so praise Him or bless Him it means we say great things about God. We praise Him or we bless Him. So David starts by telling his soul, wake up, and his inmost being. So sometimes we need to say to ourselves, our soul, we need to say to everything inside of us, it could be our brain switching on, it could be our muscles to stand up or to raise our hands. We, David tells us everything in his inmost being to get going and see God for who He is. Forget about my needs and just praise Him. And praising God means telling Him what's amazing about Him. So it comes with words, you know, worship comes, and song, obviously with words. We, so David is telling the Lord all the things that he's done, who he is, why he's amazing, and he's telling his soul to do that. Do that, soul. Wake up and, uh, and bless the Lord. Praise his holy name. And then number two goes, praise the Lord. I must, okay, forget not all his benefits. And the interesting thing from, from here onward is that when, you, when, you, when you're telling yourself, you know, Pupe shared it. When, you, when you're telling yourself to, to worship God, to value Him, and you're waking yourself up, isn't it interesting to then go to your memory, wake up memory as well? Forget. Where, where, do, we, where do we forget? We forget in our memory. If we don't forget, it means our memory is starting to remember things that God did for us. So David's telling his memory, don't forget everything that is beneficial about serving the Lord, which is a beautiful thing because... He then goes on for a whole lot of verses listing what God has done for him 
and what the Lord has done for us. And that's what I want to look at a little bit. So whenever you're struggling, whenever you, you find yourself in a place of jostling in your heart, struggling to worship the Lord, remember His benefits. Here they are. There's a whole ton. What is the first one, guys? Yeah, He forgives, eh? And it's cool that it's the first one. Because <laughs> it's the very essence of who we are, is that we're forgiven. And without being forgiven, you know, other benefits don't really come into the equation. So we can even just, like, forget them for a moment. Because the first thing is that we've been forgiven. We're forgiven. Which is one of the hardest things to do in, in our life, is to give forgiveness to others. Especially if you're outside of the Lord. But even us that have been forgiven find it hard sometimes, right? We go through pain, we get hurt, get mistreated, but the first benefit, our Lord who forgives, who forgave us of our sins, oh my gosh, like, can we just realize what He's forgiven us for? You know, like, you know, if you're thankful today in our, in our society, in our life, if, like, especially now with COVID, most of the things we're thankful for are what? If you're speaking to people, if, I mean, even speaking to my family after our COVID recovery and just our communication, I was like, so thankful that I'm healthy today. Like, would you agree that health is really, really big part of our language and our life today? Yeah. Our health. And it is important, but it's worldly, guys. Health is worldly. Because the, all we do today is we thank, thank you for my health today. Actually, more important is our eternal health. Forgiveness dealt with our eternal health. Now, our health is important to a degree here in this life. But more importantly than thanking and being, God, one of your benefits is my health, that you've healed me from all diseases, the next one. That's here, that you've kept me healthy here. Most importantly to David is the one before. You forgave us. You've, you've actually secured my eternal health. You, you know, you're with me. So much more important that we have forgiveness of sins, that we have eternal health. And then also in this life, you heal all our, all our diseases, Lord. You've, over the years, how many times have we been healed? How many times has He healed us, through, even through medicine, even through doctors, even through miracles? Like, Lord, one of His benefits is that He does heal us. He does look after us. But forgiveness is so much more important to David. It should be for us as well. And then He goes on to say, verse 4, another benefit, you've redeemed our life from the pit, and He's crowned us with love and compassion. And he satisfied our desires with good things so that our youth is renewed like that of the eagle. Do you know that we, we can be satisfied and actually feel youth? I do. <laughs> I do feel young in my spirit, in my heart. When he satisfies us with good things, there's a youthfulness that can come into our spirit that we should enjoy, that we should uh, realize. It's a benefit of knowing the Lord. Uh, how many of you met a really senior Christians who've been around a long time and they've stayed faithful and they've stayed full of Jesus and you're with them and you think to yourself, I want to be like that when I'm, when I'm older. You know, they're just full of zeal and passion and they feel young. Have you had that experience? <laughs> yeah, there we go. You know, I, I, I want to be around those, those kind of um, believers because... There's something there that is so attractive to me. And I'm sure you guys can relate. And it's like they've learned that they can come to 
the Lord, who satisfies their desires over and over again with good things, with His things that are good for our lives. And their youth is renewed like that of the eagles. And you can live that way all the way to the end of our days here on earth until He takes us to be with Him. This is one of His huge benefits. And then He goes on, verse 6 and 7, the Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. This huge heart for people that are oppressed. God has a huge heart for people who treated unfair, unjust, the oppressed in our, in our age. And then he says in verse 7, he made known his ways to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. I love that. God will always make his ways known to a leader. Moses was not the only leader, but it's throughout Scripture, a pattern of God. Is he will speak. He will clearly define his ways. He will lead us as his people. He led his people Israel, and he will lead his people the church. He does. Making his, his ways known. This is why we need leaders in our life. We can't float around as the people of God. We need, to, we need leaders. <laughs> we need people that, that God will establish his ways. Whether it's Moses, whether it's your leaders now, whether it's the leaders he's put over our lives in the life of this church and our partnership of churches, leaders are make known my ways. And then watch what he does. What does he do next? And he'll make his deeds known to the people of Israel. He'll make his deeds known to his people today at the church. What are his, what are his deeds? It's a demonstration. It's his practice. It's, his, it's what he does. It's the miracles. It's the testimonies that come when people share. It's the Lord's deeds made known amongst his people so that he can show us who he is. In verse 10, he does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy and your grace. This little passage, mercy and grace. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions or our sins from us. Beautiful. So you'll see there, I'm just going to read through the next few verses. Please follow with me, 13 to 18. As a father has compassion or pity on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and it's gone. And its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him. And his righteousness with their children's children. With those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. <clears throat> okay. So interestingly here, there's three parts. Verse 11, verse 13, and verse 17, which I just wanted to highlight. God said three times, with those who fear him, with those who fear him, with those who fear him. So the Lord does three things. How great is his love for those who fear him. The Lord has great compassion on those who fear him, and the Lord's love, again, is with those who fear him. And I loved that David highlighted these, and I felt the Lord highlight these for me as well. And as I dug into that, I wanted to remind us that uh, there's, there's three things here. His love and compassion is not automatic. God's love and his compassion is not automatic. It doesn't just happen. It's actually conditional. 
And I know that sometimes in our mindsets, we don't like to hear that. I've had to jostle with that over. God's, God is actually quite a conditional God. He requires us to worship in a certain way. David knew all about that. <laughs> you guys still with me? He talks about in verse 18 and 19, those who keep his covenant, those who obey his precepts. David knew all about this. He was a master at coming back to what it is that pleases my Lord. And even though he was someone who made many mistakes, the Lord just loved his heart, didn't he? And oh, we like David. We make a lot of mistakes. We forget to obey him. We, 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 we meander and we wonder and our hearts wonder. But if we can keep a heart like David, we're going to have a rich inheritance. We come to meet our creators. We come to meet our Lord and go to be with him. It's the heart that he's after. A heart that says, you know what? I know that it's healthy to fear you, Lord. Not in a way, not in a way that says I'm so frightened of my heavenly Father. No, I'm not talking about that way. I'm talking about the healthy fear that throughout Scripture we see is really, really important, really, really good for us. A reverent fear, standing in awe before our Lord, coming humbly into His presence going, I don't deserve this. I'm here because of His grace and His mercy and His forgiveness, His benefits. And like David, we can come humbly and say, Awake, my soul. Wake up. Look at what he's done for me. Okay. <laughs> so here's the thing. I'll give you a really practical example. My kids, what does a consequence mean to you guys? <laughs> so the kids respond really well. They don't love a consequence. I know the children here don't love a consequence for doing something that's disobedient. But there's been times where it's been really difficult for me as a dad to give them a consequence because I love these little guys so much. But I need to see that God loves me. And his love also means consequence when I need it. David knew that side of God's love as well. And there's a beautiful thing that I don't, want my, I don't want Reuben and Rebecca to fear me in a frightened way. Never. That would absolutely break me. But I want them to love me, and I also want them to love what a consequence can do in their heart, what discipline can do in their heart. Because <laughs> it's really important to shape them and to shape their hearts towards the Lord. He sees us, guess what, in the same way. Uh, we also need to be like little Reuben and Rebecca's before our Lord. David knew that. That's why his heart was shaped and molded to the most beautiful heart, no matter how many. So a healthy fear or a healthy reverence, thanks, Reva Mark, but a, a healthy understanding of consequence. Consequence for what? For not obeying and following our Lord and humbly submitting to him and surrendering to him is a really good place for our hearts to be. But here's the thing. Like my children, and I've noticed this with the kids, and it's been a beautiful example of what it's like with my Lord and me and with the Lord and you guys, is that after there's been consequence time, the, the best place is to keep my children really close to me. And I learned this from one of my leaders who's got four children. Whenever there's disobedience or a consequence, it's not to push them away because our God doesn't do that. He's, remember, it's not a frightening fear. It's a loving fear. It's a loving understanding of He's shaping my soul right now. He's shaping my heart. And the most beautiful time of consequence for me is when I can embrace the kiddies 
and not let them go for ages. Do you understand? Yes, I understand, Daddy. I'm sorry. I said, I'm sorry too, but this is so important for us. And keeping them close. Because guess what? The fear of the Lord, what, how He sees it for us, is that we would come running to Him in reverent fear, away from the things that would take us away from Him. Not running away from Him in reverent fear, because He's a fearful, almighty, powerful God. God doesn't want us to run away from Him. He wants us to run towards Him. But I hope you can see a parent and child embrace and what that looks like when there's a moment of discipline. It's incredibly close. It's incredibly loving. They need to know that the parents are the safest place for them. And in those moments, you get a chance to model that like no other. It's an amazing interaction. When they know your love, when they know that their hearts are at play here, that we can be close and embrace. And that's what the Lord wants for us. Like David, you'd run to God, bear his heart. And he's like, I have nowhere else to run. You know what David was most fearful of? Being away from the Lord. He was petrified of what life would be like if he was away from the embrace of his Lord. Isn't that beautiful? He trembled more, and we get that from the psalm and others. He trembled way more from running to the things of the world and the things that could take him away from the loving embrace of his fearful and wonderful creator. So we need to have God in the right mind before we even worship him in song, even go through our weeks. And he wants our worship. Of course he does, but he wants our hearts first. He wants our hearts to see him as in humility for who he is. Amen? So Philippians, in the New Testament, Philippians 2, 12, says what about our walk and our salvation? It says, work we are, you and I, to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. That's the New Testament. That's not David in the Old. That's for the church. That's Paul writing to the church. That's us. We really are to work out our salvation in fear and trembling. It is such a good thing. It's such a wonderful place to start our worship of God. We've got to get the right understanding of fear and trembling. Are fear and tremble becoming lukewarm? <laughs> I fear and tremble walking away from my God. I fear and tremble worshiping something else and not Him. It's, and, and, it's, and it's so rife in the church of Jesus Christ. There's so many warnings to us as His body that we can come to that place of worshiping the wrong thing or worshiping Him with the wrong motives. You know, David's motives are beautiful here. Didn't ask for a thing. How oh, amazing. I just can't get my head around how it's not a shopping list. It's just putting worth on God and reminding him of his benefits to us. It's so beautiful. So um, before we respond in worship, I just wanted to like, just hover on this a little bit longer and ask you guys, do you realize, um, I know that we don't in our hearts want to displease our God. We want to please him, man. It's in, I know that's in our heart's desires to please our Lord. But it's really difficult to try and please Him in our strength. The, the only way is to follow His precepts, follow His leading, allow Him into our heart, even in times of discipline, even in times where we've failed, bring Him incredibly close in that time, knowing that the most fearful place is to be away from Him. We've got to learn to come to our Maker. This is where worship starts, when we come to Him in our time of need, where we come to him in fear and trembling, going, you are the most powerful, most incredible person in the world. One day, we'll, we won't be able to escape you. You're going to be our everything. So why is, might as well learn what it is now. 
to give my everything to. I might as well learn now what that looks like. So we come to him. Remember that his grace is sufficient. was sufficient for David in those times. was sufficient for so many of his leaders who got things wrong. And so many of his people time and time again. What did, what did God say in the time of, of, of his people Israel? One of the key things he said was forget not. <laughs> Remember me. We had God's people are prone to forget. Prone to wonder. Yeah, we forget quickly, eh? Ross always asks a great question. Remember what we preached last week? Yeah, I was challenged looking at my notes last night. I couldn't remember the last three weeks. And it's so important for us to make notes and remind ourselves, <laughs> re-listen to the messages that are online. And, you know, in community groups, just have a little recap on a Wednesday. Do you remember the last two weeks? What has God been saying to us again? Worship, yeah, we've done some singing. We've read some scripture. But what is he saying again? Because we, why do we forget? Why do we forget so quickly? Because there's so much coming at us all the time. And you know, all that stuff coming at us all the time has got the ability to pull us away from God. And you know what happens when we're away and we're away and we're away? He can start looking like a frightening God. And he does, he's not that. He's, he's fearful. He's powerful. But he wants us so close to him. That's the most beautiful place for children to be with a loving father. A loving Father who can shape their hearts, who can shape our hearts. Okay, you guys with me? So I want to say, David ends with the last three verses, and then we're going to go into a time of song and worship. Um, you guys could even start getting, getting ready with the, with the instruments, please. But what happened in 2021, 20, 22? If you're reading with me, pr verse 20 says, David goes on, he says, praise the Lord, and now he includes some other people. He says, you, his angels, now he's talking not only to his soul, but to the angels. I love this part. <laughs> then he says, you mighty ones who do his bidding, God's bidding, who obey his word. So now he brings in the obedience part and points to the heavenly hosts. Not only praise him, but those who are obedient. As a reminder, like we are to praise, but also to be obedient to his precepts, which David wrote earlier on in the psalm. So he links the two. And then verse 21, praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts. You, his servants, who do his will. A reminder that we are also called to obey his word and to do his will. And then in the last verse, praise the Lord all his works. What is that? It's creation. So now it's the angels, the heavenly hosts, and all of creation. Praise the Lord. Everywhere in his dominion, praise the Lord, my soul. And he comes back lastly to my soul. And I thought just for a moment, um, why don't we stand together? Because we're going to end and worship now, and I'm really trusting it's going to be an amazing time of connecting with God in song. But just for a moment, why don't you stand with me and just open your hearts to these last few verses, if you will, and uh, even just close your eyes as the worship team gets ready. And let's just focus on, let's just focus on these last two scriptures. Okay, so just um, just an attitude of, let's just still our hearts, just close our eyes for a moment as the team sets up for praise and worship. But isn't it fascinating to you, as it has been for me, that David would end the psalm after talking to his own soul and focusing on him and us, the people of God, that he would then almost have the, the wild courage 
to call on the angels who are way more powerful than us, to call on the heavenly hosts and call them to praise, and then to call on all creation and call it to praise. I thought to myself, you know, sometimes I found myself in worship with my heart so full, I don't know about you guys, and I've wanted to do a very similar thing. Or sometimes I've been caught up in the fact that I am. I can sense the angels, the pleasure of God and all creation and the heavenly realms worshiping together. It's often like that when we gather pre-COVID, and I know for many of you haven't had that wonderful experience again, but one day I hope when we gather in our thousands together, give worship to God, you can sense the angelic hosts, you can sense creation calling on his name and giving glory to And so David, in preaching to his own soul, then has a heart so full that he calls on the angels, calls on creation. Isn't it a beautiful, beautiful picture? And I wanted to leave that with us today as we come to worship. Could we get our eyes off of ourselves? Could we quickly speak to our own soul if we need to and call on it to wake up and to worship God? But then, if He leads you in this way, begin to meditate on the angels who constantly praise and worship God 24-7. Holy, holy, holy is the God Almighty. Holy is His name. That's what the angels are doing and creation that's made give worship to Him. Just remember what, how David ended that psalm. I trust we're going to come into a beautiful place. But just want to also appeal to some of us a little bit earlier in the psalm, in this reading. David spoke of the benefits of knowing God. And the first benefit was what? Forgiveness, right? He forgave my sins. He forgave me. It brought me into loving relationship. I don't know, maybe there's some of you that have never experienced the forgiveness of God through His Son, Jesus Christ. If you haven't experienced this first benefit of forgiveness, if you haven't experienced what it's like when a father redeems you back into his family and adds you back into his family, then you're not going to be able to experience all the other benefits. You won't be able to because forgiveness is the first and it's the entry point. So just while some eyes are closed in this place, before we sing, I want to ask if there's anyone who right now says, Neil, I don't know that I've ever experienced the forgiveness of God, that I've never experienced the powerful forgiveness of Jesus Christ because of what He did on the cross, because He lives right now, that He's forgiven me of my sins, and He wants to take me home to live with my Father forever and ever and to worship Him in eternity forever and ever. I want to ask that you just... If you, that's not you and you don't know that forgiveness, just give me a wave so that after the service I can come pray with you and chat with you and just take you on a journey of knowing His forgiveness, the very first of His benefits. So if you can just wave to me if that's you. God's got touching your heart and speaking to you about His forgiveness. I'd love to give you that opportunity um, to pray with you afterwards. So and if you don't want to come chat to me still afterwards, I'm here. It would be wonderful to just talk to you about what he has done. Amen. So we're going to, yeah, Joel and the team are going to take us in worship.